I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's NFL on Twitter, and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I've me old buddy, me old pal, at Brian Peacock NFL in this studio. What's going on, buddy? Well, it's been a good week. It's been, uh, I'm looking forward to a good game versus Chicago. And of course, now I get to speak to my good friend, Stephen, primetime O'Brien. Yeah, woo! I'm going to have to have crowd noise come in behind I know, me. usually you should have some music. Just mm. quickly, if, if you were a boxer or w, or UFC, because I know you like your Conor McGregor's, okay. but what would, you, what would your walkout music be? I don't know. I'd want it to convey toughness, but also, you know, resilience in the face of, of adversity. So it'd have to be, I'm a Bobby girl in a Bobby world. <laughs> right, didn't expect that one, did really? you? Yeah. See, pe- be, people uh, might think this is pretty planned. That, that would strike some sort of fear into the opponent, I guess. Yeah, and my um, and my gear would be pink. What about you? You must have an answer to that, then, if you're if you're dishing out those uh, topics. Well, you see, this is something. This is something I've had lined up since I was about eight. Well, right. not eight really, but I've always dreamed of being a WWE wrestler. Okay. The dreams, the dreams, not dead yet. But I think I'd have to go for Bomb Track by Rage Against the Machine. Don't know what that is. Well, no idea. So at least at least three of the listeners will know it. <laughs> and they're all from whatever band you said. Is Rage Against the Machine? Is that that white dude who used to rap really angrily and fast? That is, they're kind of they're like a metal rap band. Don't know. I don't think they do. They rap? Would you call it rap? I don't know. I've no idea. I, don't I feel like going to something now. We just don't know enough about. Yeah, you see, my problem, and here herein lies my problem. You see, all my mates listen to this indie crap, right? The you know, like the if the Clash. Or whoever these people, the Strokes, you know, it's the at the start of it, or they're into. Well, who was it recently? Yeah, do you know what really annoys me as well? The whole Guns and Roses thing. You know, when people are diving on, oh, Guns and Roses are awesome, dude. I've never heard you ever once in, in the eighteen years that not you, but you know, some of my mates that we've grown up together. Have I ever heard you once mention Guns and Roses? But they're coming over to play Slane in Ireland, which is a big deal, and all of a sudden they're the biggest Guns and Roses fan ever. Now. I would put my son in a Guns N' Roses t-shirts and a um, Rolling Stones t-shirt and stuff like that. Zero percent of that is because I like the band, but sometimes the t-shirts are kind of nice. You could put the flippity floppities on it, but if you put that sort of licky tongue from the Rolling Stones, it's cool. I like it. I'd do it. You know, but an ACDC is another band that pisses me off. Mm. They brought out the Iron Man album or something a few years ago and people went and had orgasms <laughs> over it. You know, and that, that really annoyed me because people are like, oh man, dude, the soundtrack's awesome. It's ACDC. It's like, again, never right. heard you once in your life. I think, right, okay, just to, just to answer back on some of them bands, Guns N' Roses never really liked them, got a couple of good songs, that's it. Uh, Rolling Stones, though, come on, fantastic. Uh, who else did you mention? Hold on, I thought I liked the Rolling Stones because of that song, My Sharona, didn't even sing it, wasn't them. So I was going on for ages, <laughs> like, great band. And then, so, you know that song, My Sharona? They're like, yeah, that's someone completely that's different. Not like, okay. It's not them. Okay, fine. The one you have uh, forgot, and another, and I know that everyone's gonna be listening, going, "I'm sure this is a football podcast." It is. We're getting to it. But the other one as well that everybody always whacks on the uh, t-shirt, and I don't think they've probably ever heard a song, is the Ramones t-shirt that oh, everyone yeah. wears. It's a nice logo. Yeah. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of angry people going sitting there, going, "You what, mate?" And I tell you what, while I'm on it, Bon Jovi, crap. 
That's another one that everyone always bangs on about. And when he turns up and does a gig local, everyone goes, oh, yeah, I love Bon Jovi. <laughs> does, does a gig local? You swear he's going down to the local pub or something? The local sort of, you know. No, I, don't mean, look, I don't mean doing a band at <laughs> gig night at the local. You know, it's not open mic and Bon Jovi's turning up. But even if it was, it wouldn't go. Yeah, because this is the thing. Bon Jovi, now, again, as you said, it is a football podcast. But look, did this? everyone starts their day, their working day, and we're at the end of air starting another one. Uh, you amble into it, so just you know shut your tits and sit down and relax enjoy the bands right <laughs> basically i'm not beeping that out as well that's going straight right, in there right who's your favorite band then let's, let's let's wrap it up just go try and pick one favorite band it's impossible isn't it yeah it's impossible but i can give right, you the genre, the genre of music that i'm into i'm into hip-hop rap um r&b soul urban that, that type of stuff I'm into that I've uh, do you know who's listened to all day today in my super long commute Bruno Mars that that new album that new <laughs> album's a toe tapper there's some club bangers in that album the yeah, soulful sexy songs. stuff he's got some songs I'll give right? you that anyway I'm gonna get I'm judged a bit uh, if I give you my top three I'm going The Jam right Stone Roses right probably See, this is where it gets weird for me because I also quite like Elton John and Justin Bieber. So, who knows? <laughs> now, it's I'm not going to... point where we should definitely talk football. Yeah, once you hit the Justin Bieber. Let me just finish on the whole song debate on this. If you are at a party, be it a wedding or the end of a night that's been going pretty well, and Bon Jovi slash Brian Adams Summer of 69 comes on, and you get excited like it's the first time you've heard it, you're an asshole and we will never be friends, and I'm giving free throat punches to anybody who does that. That really annoys me. You know, like, Summer of 69, and someone's over there doing, oh yeah, with the air guitar. Sit there, like... That song has been played so much. I, I'm surprised there's any treads left on the damn CD because it's just the most infuriating. It's like ABBA. If you play ABBA at a wedding, you're getting kneecapped, tarred and feathered out the back. I'm sorry. It's happening. Wow. That's, that's some pretty big statements to make there. But Ryan, take a chance, take a chance, take a chicka chance, chance. What does that even mean? Just tell me what it <laughs> I means. Really think we, need to, we really need to get to the football before everyone right. turns off. And well, look, I hate Abba as well. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, so, so we have... you else I hate? And we oh, are then. On. I'm, I'm going to make this statement and you're not allowed to answer anything. We've just got to go straight into If football. it's the Irish, I'm switching you off and I'm getting in Greg Jennings every week. No, no, it's not the Irish, no. I'm just going to say you two are crap. Let's move on. Well, a lot of Irish people would agree. I, I like the earlier oh, you two. Joshua Tree <laughs> is amazing. Their latest stuff where they... I love that thing. You know where they were putting their music straight onto your phone with iTunes, that deal they did? I've still got that album. I don't have to get rid of it. See, that's the thing. The, something of Joey Ramone or whatever. I love that the, someone wrote into Apple and said, I've got this virus on my phone. <laughs> Can you get it off? And they were like, what is it? It's called U2. You just can't get rid of it. But anyway, let's talk. Let's talk. That bears suck. And uh, there's some... It- Do you know what, Ryan? This is my boogie team. I've been saying for a few weeks now that the Bears are actually a tricky, snaky team. They nearly bet the Lions last week. They certainly had within their reach to tie the game at the end. Uh, the Bears, not something to be sniffed at. Something Mike McCarthy said throughout the week. Don't sleep on the Bears. That Bears suck. So what do you think? Are you convinced that this team could creep up on us and uh, do a jobby? Or do we need to be... Or we, is this the one where you come out on Twitter this week and say, The Bears? I thought we already had our bye week. You know, what no, are you doing? No, not at all. This is the one I've been saying all along. And you know, I confidently said a few weeks back, we now win all our games. We went out. So far, I'm good. The Bears is still one I worry about just as much as the other two. And I've been saying, you know, nobody should be looking past that Bears team. Why? Because it's probably the biggest rivalry in football. Um, 
it doesn't matter if that's a, if if we had won all our games this season and they hadn't won a single game, this game would still come down to, you know, this game would still be close. It would still be hard fought. It will still have, I mean, you know, all the off the ball sort of stuff you saw from the Seahawks the other night. I'm not saying the the Bears and Packers do that kind of thing, but when the tackles are made, it always seems that bit harder. Mm. You know, somebody always pushes that bit longer and and continues the tr- the trench battles and all that. Just that bit after the whistle's gone. This game always has edge, and this is a game that, let's face it now, we we pretty much have to win the next three, um, and we shouldn't be looking anywhere past Sunday night. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, there's a few factors that I'm going to sort of bring in uh, for discussion uh, that I think are important in this game. But, you know, isn't it weird that we were in the doldrums three weeks ago and everyone had written us off including we we were in despair uh, we were talking about coaches and i think one of the titles of one of our podcasts should the coaches be sacked because so many people are asking us to talk about it uh, that we started talking uh, about that so three weeks later we've everything switched we've shot up the power rankings we're down as i think some of us some people have us as fifth um around the nfl podcast which is a great podcast to listen to we've had chris wesling on the podcast of our own uh, earlier on in the in the season in the off season uh, he was good fun and on that podcast they have some people have us as the top nfc team so they've discounted the cowboys saying that they've started to go into a little bit of a decline um they've said about the seahawks because we waxed them that they fall into third that we're definitely second but we could be first and no one wants to face us do you think this is significant ryan that you know we've kicked off this sort of uh merriment right with backs against the wall, people wanting everybody sacked and wanting Rogers benched and all this crazy stuff, and the mentality was us against the world. It's very different now, isn't it? I mean, we're up against teams that are all divisional, and we have to go into all of these games now with people saying you should win out for the rest of the season. I wonder which yeah. is actually harder. Well, I think just just to go back and address your point there on the coaching, um, it's funny, isn't it? And I'm guilty of it as well. Uh, because I haven't been saying, well, I don't know, we have to a bit with some of the different things we've done on offense, but when when the defense got it right the other night and looked really impressive, not one of us said, oh, what a good game plan by Don Capers, uh, mm. Dom Capers you know? Yeah. Um, it's funny, isn't it, that, you know, and it's, it's kind of the same, isn't it, in, in work in general, where we've all got jobs, and generally you tend to hear from your big bosses when you've done something wrong or something hasn't gone quite right. Yeah. Um, and when you've done something brilliantly well, that's kind of just what's expected. So... I think to an extent, the, the, the mindset's probably still the same from where we were those few games back, mainly because our backs are still against the wall. Mm. You know, we are still really, a, I don't want to say it, but if you look at the standings in the division at the moment and you look that basically we, we're still an underdog, if you like, to get the NFC North, in my opinion. We're still the team that it doesn't matter how well we've done now and how well we finish, really everything's in the hands of the Detroit Lions. And if they can just do their job and go and win their games, then, you know, we, we don't quite make it. So I think to an extent, backs are still against the wall. I think the mentality is still the same. I think the big thing that changes and, and the big factor here is it's the confidence. And so when you come off the back of, uh, what were we, four games in a row lost, did we? Mm, four out of the five, think, yeah. Yeah, so once you come off that sort of streak where your confidence is going to be rock bottom and then you come into a point where you win three on the bounce, you're looking at your next three games, they're division opponents. So you know that not only can you get a W there, but you take a W away from an opponent. Then I think the confidence that we have now carrying into this is, 
is going to be that main factor. And it's what, in my opinion, will win us the NFC North. Yeah, I've every confidence that we will win it, but it's like every week we could have a team that throws a spanner in the works. The Bears, like you said at the top, they're not to be sniffed at. We've all seen the fairy tale go arseways on Brett Favre when they came in for that jersey retirement that time in Thanksgiving. I mean, everyone expected that to just go because I do believe that the Bears were in a similar situation as they are this season then, is that no one really gave them a chance, but they still managed to find a way to pip it. But let, let me address something and this is something that i've been saying and i was listening to some podcasts and reading some articles uh this week that just backed up my point because i needed to have it backed up is that the quarterback for the bears now is definitely no one to be sniffed at matt barkley is a guy who was a fourth round pick um back in 2013 i believe you know he'd had sparing snaps there with the eagles i think he was with the arizona cardinals who thought he was rubbish uh let him go and he was pretty and I think back in 2013 he played against Dallas and the Giants who have always been you know kind of consistent or whatever um not unless 2013 that wasn't the season where they that Dallas completely disintegrated without Tony Romo there's some part in the season they disintegrate without him but anyway uh Matt Barkley ended up having just from a grading standpoint two of the worst games ever no one really gave this guy a chance Ryan you know he was the third stringer he was, you know, roster fodder. He had to be on there. Jay Cutler goes down. Uh, Hoyer goes down with a season-ending injuries. And Matt Barkley steps up. Now, the first time that we saw him this season, people remember, he came on uh, at Lambeau Field against the Packers. And we destroyed him. But Aaron Rodgers was destroying everybody that night anyway. And the defense didn't have too much hassle with this QB. But believe it or not, the last three weeks, Matt Barkley... It has been the third best quarterback by rating throughout that time and this is taken into account like what happened against the Lions where um, he had to get them within field goal range to tie the game up he did that two or three times in a row at the end of the game he made big time plays got them within field goal range and every time it was called back because his offensive line was holding every time and it was just amazing to see because I thought that the Bears would have bet the Lions I really did if it went to overtime that I think they definitely would have bet them because the momentum was in their favour and that kind of delighted me and scared me because it would be one game closer to the Lions because the Bears would have bet them but then we have to face the Bears either way we have to face them anyway let me just hit you with this stat then and, and let me know how you feel this is a guy uh, playing quarterback for the Bears who has no weapons Alshon Jeffrey, uh, one of the best wide receivers in the league, has been on suspension, but he's back this week at home for the Bears against us, the Packers, right? If you look at uh, Matt Barkley, he's had 119 throws and on f- attempts, and 15 of those have been dropped by his wide receivers. That's a 12% average. If every pass that he gets to be made, 12% are dropped. The league average is 5%. That's an incredible swing. Dak Prescott, who's a rookie, he's had over four times the amount of throws and less drops than Matt Barkley has, who has four times, a multiple of four times less, but he's had four more dropped. 15, Dak Prescott's only had 11. So that'll sort of show you what this guy's dealing with. I mean, if he's the, he's only behind Tom Brady, who's, the, who's seen as graded the best, and Aaron Rodgers, who's second best, and then Matt Barkley comes in after that. This is not a guy to be sniffed at, I don't think, Ryan, and I think he could do damage if Alshon Jeffries fire on all cylinders and if the wide receivers actually start playing for him and bringing down a few of those balls. 
certainly I think that uh, Matt Barkley looks a, well I think he is sorry a much much better quarterback than than what the stats show on paper and what the the wing column suggests um I think I mean I, I haven't watched every single minute of the Bears games in recent weeks but I have seen I have uh, obviously I've watched the highlights and I've, I've been watching Red Zone and the rest of it he certainly can be useful and like you said if he's got this thing with the the receivers are dropping the majority of the balls he throws to him. That's not really on the QB, but obviously it affects his stats. Um, the thing with that is if they come out this week and, and their receivers all, all decide to get their game on point and start catching them balls, those balls have been there all along. So it, it, it kind of, on paper, it looks a lot worse than what it probably is. Um, I think certainly in this situation, this is probably one of the few situations where you go, uh, it's a real shame their starter's not starting. Because... I think the Green Bay Packers know Jay Cutler. Mm. I know that you said, obviously, and you mentioned one of them there was the Thursday night game, which was the Brett Favre game. Um, you know, if you go back as well to the 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 one where we had the big meet-up down in the Hippodrome in London and we're down there for Thanksgiving, there was another game they beat us. Um, so they've had a couple against us, um, but nothing... I think generally we, we've had Jay Cutler's number over the years that he's been the Chicago quarterback. So... I'd prefer, quite honestly, that, that Jay Cutler was playing. I think that Matt Barkley could be a better quarterback and potentially give us more issues. Yeah, certainly. There's not a lot of game tape on him, and he does seem to be doing the business. And it was um, the stats come from Sam Monson, who is with uh, Pro Football Focus. He sort of broke it down. And if you go on to Sam Monson's Twitter account, he shows another way where the Bears receivers let him down, just on simple hitch routes, you know, where you run, you're meant to stop on a dime turn and then work your way back to the quarterback. And what these wide receivers were doing was is they were running the hitch routes and they were stopping dead turning, but they weren't making their way back to the quarterback. So, you know, it just showed that he was putting the ball on the money where it should have been, but those passes were dangerously close to being intercepted or certainly slapped down because, of course, once the cornerback knows that you're on a hitch, well, then he's going to go and try and make his way back to the quarterback to try exactly do that, break that ball up or try to get you, wrap you up and put you on the ground. So that's what's been happening with Matt Barkley. So like exactly like you said, Ryan, you know, with all of these drops and with the poor wide receiver play, it doesn't really show how good this guy can be. Now, it goes to show how bad he was also. Like he was just a bit par player in preseason. So I do think that we're up to the task, certainly the way Aaron Rodgers is playing. And you know what, like home field advantage, I wonder if that lessened a bit as well, you know, going to Soldier Field because we've had so much success there. An important part as well to, to note about this and why this is exciting, and this is where we thought we were going to get this last season, is that this game is an opportunity for the Packers, and we've done our history podcast, is for the Packers to pull back level the series between yeah. the Packers and the Bears. And that I don't think that can be understated because this is a rivalry that goes back, you know, to 1919, 1921, all the way back there and we were constantly getting waxed by the Bears and since Favre came to town we've seen a lot of success there and this is our time to draw level and then start going ahead in the series next year uh, yeah so I think I mean that's a, that would be a great thing to draw level in that series it's also another big reason why anybody thinking that the Bears season is over right now would be mistaken because the Bears are going to want to defend that record if they can come out at the end of this season with a win over the Packers that that ruins their chances of going to the playoffs, keeps them ahead in the series, and, and you know, so if you like, could almost put an end to us, to certainly put an end to our season early. Um, then they'll put that one in the in big time in the win column. So that's what they've got to play for. It's not a great deal, 
but it certainly would mean that they'd be able to, te- certainly until next season, they'd be able to always have that one over the Packers fence. Yeah, and I mean, the dagger play is something that we always replay. So this would be another one to take and replay. It's these big sporting events. That's what it's all an awful lot is about. I know last week we talked about sportsmanship and all that type of stuff. This is part of it. This is part of really sticking it to you. It's like when Ireland ruined England's Grand Slam chances in rugby. I mean, there was that thing of, you know, every team, and I hate the way people go on social media, oh, look at England, they had a bus made up and all, Jesus, they got ahead of themselves. No, what do you think they're going to do at the final whistle, then go and start wrapping a big massive bus in vinyl? All that stuff's done well in advance. Similarly, all the ads for the Grand Slam were done in advance, so that it got leaked, didn't it, that ad for England where they were celebrating winning the Grand Slam, but there was also a video of Brian O'Driscoll and Paul O'Connell of Ireland recording another ad, but they kept just pissing themselves laughing so they juxtaposed that ad onto the England ad and just you know completely took the piss but that's what it's about the Bears do like you said they really want to ruin our day here and this could derail our season because I don't think for an instant that you know people are looking at the Giants-Lions game and the and the Dallas-Lions game and seeing those down as two losses the Packers roll in and beat them and then we sail off into the sunset uh, and the playoffs I don't think that the Giants or Dallas game are tacked on Dallas is going through a bit of, uh, I don't know, I don't think they're recessing to a degree, but certainly Dak Prescott is going to feel the pressure more and more now that, you know, his own owner, Jerry Jones, came out and said that, oh, I think Romo might play. Just wait and see. If Dak gets injured or doesn't play, well, don't worry, we'll stick Romo in there. How delightful would that be? What a dumb thing to say for an owner. And on top of that, then, he didn't have a great game against the Giants, losing for only the second time this season. And the Giants themselves don't look great. That was a bit of a grisly game. So I don't think they're tacked on, Ryan. And like what you were saying at the start, he only rode to the playoffs is not only us winning all of our games but also Lady Luck coming in and doing one over on the lines first because it is in their hands still at this moment in time yeah I mean I'm still pretty pretty certain that with the Lions, I think I think one of the Giants or Dallas will beat them um, if not both hopefully both um, but I think if not one of them one of them will beat them um, but we have to keep winning our games and that's all we can do at this point yeah, and another thing that can't be understated in this game as well is kind of like the revenge aspect. Josh Sitton is going to tog out for the Bears this game. He didn't in Lambeau because he had that ankle sprain. So I don't think for an instant that he won't relish the opportunity to go up against um, RD and stop them having production and protecting Barkley because, you know, the circumstances that Sitton left Lambeau uh, were dubious at best. So for him to get a chance, and he is, look, he's a, he's a pro baller, what, for the last three years? So this guy is, you know, top caliber. And it'll be interesting to see, Ryan Wanted, how he plays in this game. I think certainly you'll find out just how bad those situations were. I mean, there were, there were rumor about him being, uh, what do they say, a divisive mm. uh, sort of character in the dressing room. Yeah. So depends. D- does anybody that he pissed off played on the D? You know, we, we'll find that out quick. Um Personally as well, I mean, I know you mentioned it on the last podcast, you didn't like the way that Christine Michael went and sort of said hello to his buddies on the other sideline. Um, we'll see what happens there because are there going to be some high fives and some respect or some people just going to hit each other and walk away? Um, there'll be a lot to tell you about probably what happened at the start of this season and, and why he now finds himself in Chicago. Yeah. But it's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. And also, uh, something that we've known for quite some time now, uh, Mike McCarthy came out and said, Ty Montgomery is now officially our running back. He's no longer a wide receiver. 
He did, but I saw on Twitter though that he still sits behind James Starks on the depth chart, which I find, which I find odd, unless of course Mike McCarthy is benefiting somehow from air miles off of all his sideways yardage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I tell you, he must have been uh, driving the car sideways because he was in a pretty grisly accident and he's in the concussion protocol. James Starks. Yeah. Um. So you know, we hope he gets better. It's always pretty scary when you see someone get into a car accident. But to talk about the number two running back Ty Montgomery I had to laugh right because all of this stuff came out and said well you know he was he was always a running back uh, in high school uh, the coach said to him do you want to play a wide receiver because we're very pass intensive and he said yeah okay and then in college you know he, he played as a wide receiver they ran him out of the backfield a few times but he was basically a wide receiver but he's always been a running back so answer me riddle me this then people if he was a, a wide receiver in high school and also in college, how was he always a running back? Surely the bulk of his playing time then. But what? What's is there a league before high school that's in any way meaningful that you can say he was a running back? Was he a running back in his back garden, Ryan? Do you think that's what they mean? I don't know. Maybe unless they're going all the way back to like pee wee football or something. But <laughs> you, I suppose the thing is that anybody, and this is where people are going to probably shoot me down now because I've never played the running back position. But you'd like to think that. If somebody was an effective receiver that was the type of receiver that could always put yards on after a catch, a kick returner, which he is, um, or a punt returner, which he, he, he could be, then a lot of those skills are going to be similar to the skills needed at running back. So I think those skills translate really well. The skills that might not translate so well and that he needs to learn and maybe get stronger at will be the pass protection and the blocking and um, and those sorts of you know setups there. So... I think there's probably a lot of similarities in, in that. Um, I mean, there would be more shocking, uh, there would be more shocking uh, changes of position, wouldn't there, if, if suddenly one of our offensive linemen decided to give it a go? But um, you know, I think I think for the most part, probably the skill set works. But there'll be a lot of learning to do in in the pass protection. Yeah, and I think that's that's well underway because Mike McCarthy came out and said that he hasn't went to a wide receiver group meeting in months that he's been doing stuff at running back, and he has. They said it'd be, he's become better. Um, at blocking and he's able to pick up a blitz quicker and his average carry is 5.2 yards that's incredible for a running back 5.2 yards per carry he's adept at it i mean if you look at his measurables he's what six foot so you'd sort of put him down maybe as being a running back anyway if you were to just go on measurables um and he's doing the business for us and i've heard some people come out and say why did mike mccarty we all kind of knew it but why did mike mccarty come out and say that because now they're gonna know he's a running back like don't get it sort of twisted up here he's been playing running back and as well as that it doesn't change how people scheme for him because if he's in the backfield it's pick your poison do they put a cornerback on him do they put a linebacker on him you know is he going to uh, wheel out of the backfield and become a receiver if he is then you're going to want to put a cornerback on him Uh, if you think he's going to be running the play you're going to stick a linebacker in coverage so the thing is is that People still don't know how to scheme for this guy because he does have that dual threat where he can come out of the backfield and sort of operate as a as a safety valve. You'll have a, you can have a few screens going on. So I don't think it sort of gives the hand away at all with Montgomery. Um, I think that you know you're not going to be able to scheme for him anyway. But another interesting thing as well, and an awful lot of people are saying, oh well, I wonder will they change his number now? And they won't. Uh, they, you can't change a number mid-season, so he'll stay with his wide receiver number. But it'll be interesting to see, 
you know, uh, are they going to keep Kristen Michael for the long term? Are they going to re-sign Eddie Lacey at the end of the season to a longer contract? Are they going to keep Starks or let him go with his lateral movement and injury? You know, or are they going to keep Ty Montgomery as a running back? All of that stuff has to be answered before they go and change his number. What would your money be on, Ryan? Do you reckon that they'll keep uh, Ty as a running back or will they try slot him back in as a wide receiver now? Uh, I really don't know. I think there'll be a lot of things, won't there? I mean, let's face it, this this year's draft class coming out of college will contain a number of very good running backs. I think they're saying that this year has a pretty good group of running backs coming from college. You never know if we might draft another one. Eddie Lacey is an interesting one because he's had this injury, play before the injury was not where it had been. So maybe there's not the interest or there's not the interest at the money that he's interested in. Um, so you might find that he ends up on a bit of a, a hometown discount. James Starks, I find an interesting one in that I was really excited when he came back and thought he'd be that missing piece that would really sort of fire us up, but it, it hasn't happened. Um, I think more than likely he's not with the Packers next year. Uh, and Christian Michael, the longer this season goes on without seeing him in a, with a good bulk of plays does make you wonder um, but again, it depends. Will there be a massive interest in him from elsewhere? Uh, so they're, they're a bit bit harder to work out for me. Um, it, it could be all change. It could be all change. Yeah. And speaking of running back, you know, this Sunday we're going to come up against a pretty surprising running back for the Bears and someone that, if you know, if, I don't know anybody out there really who, not unless you're a big fantasy football player who could name him so jeremy langford took over from matt forte uh, and subsequently got injured and now we've jordan howard has come in and ryan he's nearly at a thousand yards this season he's a sneaky running back and you know chicago just have a way to find him and with the temperature going to be so low for this game it does look like it could be run intensive so we might have our hands full with this guy we might have but then we proved that we're good against the runs so that that doesn't bother me as much um of course, as well, if we get the, the, one of the ways to negate that would be to score early. Um, mm-hmm. We've done that in the last couple of games. You know, we, we've come out with a quick start. If we can do that again, um, we maybe then force Chicago to come away from that game plan because they need to pass. Yeah. And then, like you said, you're then looking at a quarterback that is, okay, a decent-ish quarterback, but maybe in a passing offense as, as, a, as a whole that, that really isn't up to playing that kind of game. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I, I think you see the the men from the boys when it comes down to a cold weather game to see because like you said if we if we put up a lead I don't think Matt Barkley has it in him and I know that he's done well the last three weeks but I don't think he has it in him because the cold is a real game changer I mean both for fans it's not something that I'd be mad for going to a cold game and um, I don't know about you and also to play in is pretty brutal but this is a Chicago team that's going to be in a rebuild you know whether they go with Cutler next year or not or whether they try to get rid of him you know, maybe they go with Barkley, maybe they like what they see from him and they try, you know, pick somebody up in the draft because they're going to have a fairly high draft pick. Uh, whether there's anybody really ready for that, who knows. But again, uh, a pretty dangerous team, uh, Rhino. And any passing thoughts then? Do you, do you think this will be actually easier than we're sort of making out now on the podcast or will it actually be to the wire with a one-touchdown score? Uh, I think it's going to be a hard-fought game, but I'm going to go for Packers by 13 points. Nice. Yeah, I, do you know what? I'd like to say that it would be hard fought and I think it will be maybe at the start, but I reckon that it will come down maybe and we'll yeah, beat them by 10 plus. 
Um, something that we have to mention, and this sort of it animated a few people in very different ways. Let's talk London for a second. Um, now, I know we talk about it every time that it comes up, and we're always very hopeful. And to everybody out there, myself and Ryan, you know, we do get sort of insider info, allegedly, from some people who say that they're very close to the Packers organization. The Packers themselves uh, always keep stum. They never say anything. Uh, the only thing that they have told us, and you can listen to Mark Murphy on the podcast a few weeks ago, where they do want to come here. Aaron Rodgers wants to come here. Mike McCarthy has expressed interest. So have some of the other players. And now, whether that's all just PR spin to try support the boss man, Roger Goodell's uh, you know, ego and his project, we don't know. Um, but we got word that the Packers might be coming, but we got that the previous year and the year before that, so we didn't try go with anybody. We're not into getting website hits to try put up there, Packers are coming to London. And again, they didn't come over. Now, some people are saying that it's highly unlikely, but like the boys raised on the actual Packers podcast, they were saying that, you know, Super Bowl hosting cities and stadiums, uh, they're obliged to come over to London. That's part of the rules, that if they get given the Super Bowl, uh, which is a huge money earner, that what they have to do is they have to commit to coming over to London. So, you know, potentially the Vikings uh, could bring over a home game and give us the away game. And also the LA Rams, I believe they're coming up in the schedule at some stage and their stadium's yeah. getting the Super Bowl. But Ryan, I don't think we can really hold out too much hope with the Packers coming to London, can we, anytime soon? The, the problem will always be, and, and again, when we had the party down in London uh, on one of the international weekends, Gabrielle, Gabrielle uh, Dow said said that the Packers want to come. Um, obviously, we know and we would never expect them to come as a, as a home team, um, but they want to come as a road team. The problem is that nobody will give up a home game versus the Packers because it sells out their stadium, quite simply. Um, Jacksonville, first game of the season, they actually hit a new record in revenue on the weekend the Packers came. Um, so that tells you what you're up against. You know, they don't need to move that game to London because it sells out anyway. What they do need to do is move a home game, whether it be against the Rams or the Browns or somebody that people aren't really that interested in going and watching. And certainly the fans will not travel to watch their team get beat in another city. So they move that team to London. Um, the only thing we can say is like we've spoken to a number of different players on and around the team that all say, you know, we would love to go to London. So that I think the Packers, I think the Packers genuinely want to come. Um, but unfortunately, we need to find another team that will be prepared to move our game to England. And I think that's the biggest problem with it. Um, the big issue I've got, you mentioned it there, the Super Bowl rule. Whereas if your city gets awarded a Super Bowl, then you, then you have to go to London. Mm. The problem with that is they won't do essentially a cold weather Super Bowl, will they? No. I can't, I can't see... Doing, doing that and there's only probably a number of different stadiums in the NFL that would be suitable to to host a Super Bowl so that kind of I don't think that one's ever going to work for us obviously our stadium is big enough to host a Super Bowl um, obviously there's plenty of bars and the infrastructure around the stadium I think is all there to, to, to host the people uh, even though it's a small town there's certainly plenty of areas to pitch up RVs and tents and anything else you want to do um, but I can't see that the NFL is going to go for what could be a really, really cold Super Bowl, you know, because they want they want the perfect conditions or they want it inside a dome. Yeah, it makes it sexier to watch. The only way that that rule will benefit us is is the teams that we play against. So the Vikings would have been a dome. The Super Bowl will be played there in perfect conditions. Of course, the, the you know, the league would love that. But like what Ryan says, it's not very likely because 
what the way they do it now is there's there's ticket tier pricing so what they do is is that with the packers coming to town every team what they do is is they jack up the prices and have the packers game at a higher tier and how they sell them is is that they sell them in bulk packages so you'll buy sort of not a season ticket but you'll buy a bulk three game package with the with the packers one being more expensive they do it in rugby i mean they had it with ireland is that you can buy tickets to go see uh, ireland v new zealand but you also have to go see them play i don't know italy and canada and georgia and yeah exactly <laughs> but it is like it's some of those countries where you know you wouldn't be arse going either way but they make you buy them in a three game pack and that's exactly what happens with these packers tickets and let us categorically state because we're sick to the tea to getting this all the time as well is that every time we talk about the london game we always get about 10 people every single time without fail and that's being conservative saying they'd never give up a home game what he's talking about we know we know they won't give up a home game. We're not asking them to give up a home game. We understand that every home game is sold out, you know, 50 years in advance. And that's not what we're asking. Uh, we just want to see our pack over here. But let's get on to this now, Ryan. What we would encourage people to do, and again, I said this to a bunch of mates and I got ripped to bits at times because they said, no, you need to support the London Initiative. Me personally, I haven't went to one of the uh, international series games and I have zero interest in going to see the Browns take on the Vikings. I personally, and it's not a UK Packer perspective, this is just me, I feel insulted that we keep getting sent over these shitty games like Browns, Vikings, and I will not toe the line of, oh, well, they're giving us games, we have to be grateful. You know, it's kind of like when someone gives you something and you just have to sit down and take it like a good little boy. So I'm not gonna, I'm not interested in this thing. And they say that if you don't support them, that what can happen is, is that if, if the attendance goes down, the NFL don't bring over. They're like, that's a bit rich. Well, then give us some games. If you want to succeed, then give us some games and the nfl have been under fire because viewership figures have been way down this season they tried to blame um you know donald trump and all the rest of it on these presidential debates that was partly due to it but the figures have not recovered and that's because it's probably down to scheduling it's been down to teams being pretty poor this year but i'm not gonna be the happy clappy little boy uh, that goes along and it says that the browns vikings game is great i don't even think that the key matchup being the saints versus dolphins is any good this is an agent saints team uh, who's pretty awful their defense is non-existent and the dolphins has ryan Tannehill as their marquee player go figure so that'll tell you about that but i don't know you, you'll probably want to say something about it yourself ryan uh, because there's an awful lot of uh of waffle from me and i'm not being a hater or a troll or any of those stupid words uh, about it i'm just sort of i'm being just real with you how i feel about it what i would encourage people to do is is don't just go for the sake of going if you don't if you're not going to enjoy the games i do go and enjoy it i'm, I'm not going to judge you if you go but if you're not save your cash put it in a pool and come over with myself ryan and loads and loads and loads of other packer fans and we'll hit lambo uh because we see that ryan don't we that some people uh, go to go on the trip uh, they find that it's just a little bit more expensive than they think it's going to be even though the prices are pretty reasonable and that's because they don't want to miss one of the Wembley games because they spend so much money on them buying hotels and tickets um, and also if they spend so much money on it that they can't afford to actually go to Lambo in the end so just don't make that mistake uh, this year guys it's up to you but that'll be my advice yeah I think uh, I just want to touch on the London games I think I'm kind of the belief that you kind of be happy with what you get um and for me, I've never been to a London game. And the reason for that being Packers have never played. So for me, if they gave us New England versus Buffalo, uh, I don't know, the Vikings and the Bears, the, you know, Kansas versus Oakland, 
they could give us those games, which would all be pretty amazing games, divisional games, whatever. But if the Packers aren't playing, I'm still not going to watch because that's not my team and I really don't get people... I don't, I don't want to be hardy because a lot of people go and I get it. But just for me personally, I just I don't really see the appeal of going. Um, we've basically got we knew the Packers weren't coming this year, so we we basically started planning the 2017 trip to Green Bay, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and this time, bearing in mind the first year we went, I think we took 31 the first mm. year. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been 32, but my uh, my learned friend to the right here was unable to come um so i paid second, for it i <laughs> just couldn't go but anyway you paid for it I, I had great i had a massive twin room with a suite because this guy didn't go and i got it all to myself so that was awesome um but yeah obviously i felt bad for you the second year obviously you went over how many went that year again nearly 30 yeah in our round it's usually around 30 every year okay so this year what we said was do you know what we want to go bigger and better we've already had loads of people signing up for interest in this but we want to go bigger and myself and steve we got plenty of friends we'd like to think we got plenty of friends across the world i hope we have um and there are lots and lots of different groups across the different countries just like the uk packers aren't they steve yeah so, so we've got, we got we've got you we've got a uh, packers mexico packers italy yeah, so I haven't, and, and I apologise here. I don't actually have the, the, the ats, if you like, the the handles. But we've got Mexico, Argentina, Brazil, uh, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, uh, group in Barcelona. I'm pretty sure there's a Packers Hungary, but I haven't got hold of them yet. Um, I mean, there are there are groups everywhere, and so what we want to do now is, we would love to open this up and make this an international fans weekend when we and we pick a game and we get everybody together in the spirit that we've done in the first two years and this year year three absolutely blow it out of the town yeah we want to smash it so this is our very own created packers international weekend it's going to be so big and so successful that the packers are going to sit up and listen i mean when we have flags from from countries all over the world descending on green bay it's going to be amazing now the the consummate you know the proud irishman that i am i brought over my irish flag and it does make people stand up and listen and there was a german guy there going around with his flag and you know there was a big crowd around him you know and green bay anyway and uh, is sort of built it's a town built by immigrants you know like there's there's dutch the lombardi himself was italian um you know there's german in there but so all the brats and all that that's the germanic influence uh you know american football itself was started by a bunch of patties on the west side of green bay so they love anybody that supports their packers they get awed by it so international weekend is going to be absolutely smashing and myself and ryan are organizing something that's bigger and better so we went over and we we see legends we met a man green uh, the first year we saw Jerry Kramer. I had to, I got to hold his Super Bowl ring. I put it on my finger, and we were taking pictures. And he signed uh, a book that was uh, made by his son. He's a photographer, and we got that famous picture sign of Lombardi car- being carried off the field by Kramer. And it's going to get bigger and better. So the plans that we have in the in the woodwork are is to have a player current and past available to us on the saturday before the game to come down and do sort of a little mini q a session and then sign stuff for all the people so that gives you time to go out to the pro shop get your speed helmet or jersey or whatever and then bring it back to the hotel and you know that you're going to have time that'll be a lot of fun ryan won't it because it'll probably be a format where we're both on stage with these players and we get to ask questions and almost like a podcast live and then of course as fans 
uh, you can ask away and get whatever you want to get signed so it's pretty exciting yeah. stuff and it's going to be even bigger and better than the previous two years it certainly will be and, and the more of us that get together and as steve said you know all the different flags together will be will be amazing and without trying to get too deep here how wonderful would it be to have groups of people from different countries all over the world come together for just one common love uh, and, and just share something special together on one weekend and i think that's the beauty for me there is that on that weekend the only thing that matters is green and gold and and we get the chance to, to prove that and show that sort of world unity if you like for a game of football the more of us that are there together mean the as as, as steve said you know we we have now got contacts inside the packers they'll be interested in this one um and certainly as well i think the, the chances of getting to meet some players like you've said um we should be able to cook that up i mean if i if i'm just thinking now geordie nelson Amon Green, Sam Barrington, uh, I think back back at the start, it was Tim Master. You know, we ran into all these guys. The second year they went, it was Jerry Kramer. Um, some of the guys meant Leroy Butler. Uh, you know, we, we we generally, we go to Green Bay, people come to see us. So make sure you're on this trip in 2017. Don't worry about the London games. Um, get yourself to Green Bay. It honestly is going to be the biggest trip ever. Yeah, and with our uh, sports travel agent, we'll get always 10-15% off then you'll get more money off for a book and charge so I booked flights from Ireland and I seen what they cost what they definitely cost and I still got 15% off those face value flights because that's where he operates he operates in a package so if you're interested hit our website www.ukpackers.co.uk and sign up for the newsletter and we'll be sending info out there also you know we come across companies who come to us and they say to us you know would your followers be interested in getting cash off this that or the other and we always release that and try to get your deals off permanently we have 10% off on the NFL Europe store so never go to the Europe store and buy anything for full price they'll always do a 20% off site sale from time to time and our 10% off code works with that 20% all right as we get to the end now then let's let's do some shout outs for some guys because we have some dedicated listeners don't we so um and we have got a couple of funny little questions as well that I think want to be asked so uh, just to give a shout to Graham, Russ, Jenny as well. Jenny's over in Green Bay. She says she wants to see us all over there. So let's not disappoint, guys. We all got to get over. I presume that means uh, Dave will be coming with us. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Cortex is back on here as well. He says, uh, I'm just going to read a statement. He's put, I say, Ari, the Bears game. It's kind of obvious, but if we could stop Jordan Howard, then A-Rod can win this game with no legs and a blindfold. So... He's feeling pretty confident. Mm. Um, just some other t- other people to give a shout-out to. I love this, these shout-outs. They always test my pronunciations of names, but I'll give this my best. Salvatore Lapolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, did my best there. Uh, Phil Kenneth McNamara. Um, we know he's a big listener. And Ben Codwat. Oh, God, another one that I was going to struggle with. Sorry, Ben. Ben Codwallader. Codwallader. Well, I'm, 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 I've got Cold that Walder, wrong. No. Is it? Codwallader, I'll tell you. I tell you what, Ben, just tweet us in and tell me how wrong I got that. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, let's see, who else have we got? There must be some others on there. Um, oh, okay, we've got one guy asking, when does the Super Bowl party start? Uh, we keep listening to the podcast, because I think in the next couple of weeks you're going to get a lot of news on the Super Bowl party. Mm. But essentially it's going to be London. It's going to be Bloomsbury Lanes, uh, which if you're looking at an area of London, if you, if you want to think about hotels and things early, you're not far from Euston Station. It's literally a couple of minutes from London Euston Station. Um, 
Oh, I've got one here for you. There's probably be a one-word answer to this one. Dan Abbott wants to know, do we, you consider Mike Daniels to be one of the best interior linemen in the game? Yeah, in the history of the game. In the history of the game. There you mm-hmm. go then, Dan. There's your answer on that one. Um, right. I think right back at the start, Steve and I did some... We did some podcasts in the very early days, didn't we? Should we call them pilots to try and get a series? Okay, yeah. And obviously we got our series. And I think we might have been asked this question back then, but Jimbo, or at Jimmy ID, says that if you were biscuits, and I have a feeling you might have... (laughs) (laughs) You might have have jogged his memory on the last podcast when you mentioned biscuits, but he says, if you were biscuits, what biscuits would you be and why? I said last week the hobnob. The reason for that being is that that thing will not break when you put it in a cup of tea. So, Steve... What's your answer? I'm gonna go jammy dodger for reasons that's uh, that's in there. Do you know what? No, I'm a hard grafter. I don't know what's a hard graft and sort of working working biscuit. <laughs> a, work, a working man's biscuit. Yeah, uh, well, it's a rich tea, really, isn't it? It's 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 been there for time. It's stood the test of time, but it's not flashy and doesn't like to stand out from the crowd. <laughs> it's not me then. I deal in biscuit psychology. <laughs> And finally, actually, there's two shout outs. So Tony Cassidy, um, he came in, good, good mate of ours. He came in a bit too late when we were trying to give shout outs last week. And then Richie yeah. Biddle, I, I saw Richie Biddle just get in there with a text saying, yeah, um, just... you know, does will Aaron Rodgers' number be retired after he after he leaves the game? Um, or what would it take? What do you reckon, Rana? Uh, well, I'm going to say but, uh, yes. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I think if he wins another Super Bowl, then it's a definite yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'll say yes. I think it's a yes because he's definitely in the Packers Hall of Fame instantly. I don't, know, I don't think there's the same sort of waiting list as there is for for other, <laughs> you know, the actual Hall of Fame. But his name is always mentioned above or slightly below Brett Favre and Bart Starr. Both of their numbers have been retired and up on the stadium. So look, it's only a matter of time before they do it. They definitely will. But of course, they'll draw yeah. it out for a few years before they do it. I know you really want to wrap up now, uh, but we're going to just slip one more in because he has just got in just in the nick of time, uh, probably because he's stumbling home from the pub. But it's Tom Coles. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> during the 2017 tour, he said, what would you have the spread set at for beers drunk? Would you have it at over or under 75? Over, I think he, he means just for him. Yeah, if he's on it, but then over 75. You know, if, yeah. if even in the group, he brings up the average of the group by you know multiples. I think the problem is if somebody if somebody buys him a Velcro tracksuit, uh, when we go to Green Bay in 2017, I feel that he might be the first UK Packer to strip naked at Lambeau and then, of course, be arrested. Yeah. There's every chance that happens. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I remember asking him before, what did he think of the game? I don't know if he remembered a whole lot of it. The dude has fun. Anyway, let's not sully his name and we can't be sullying your name. By the way, Ryan does not have a drink in front of him this week. So uh, who, is, who is it that keeps mentioning it? Is it... Uh, Scotty Mann. Scotty Mann. Scotty Mann likes to and, give you a hard, uh, hard grab. Yeah, one of the other guys. Uh, yeah. But anyway, you're seen as a rampant alcoholic, which is weird. Out of a podcast with an Irishman and an Englishman, and you're seen as a rampant alcoholic, it's refreshing. But yeah, from but my... I remember that that's the picture you've painted of me, so you've deflected it. I just merely say what I see. It's like catchphrase. I just say what I see. You're drinking. That's all I'm saying. But listen, <laughs> from myself at NFL on Twitter, from the group at UK Packers, and of course, follow me all, buddy, me all, pal at Ryan Peacock NFL, and hit us up after the show. Let us know what you thought. It's goodbye for now. Please like us on Facebook.